Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, MT Goals Examples. Our MT Goals three-part cast generated a great deal of enthusiasm from folks. A lot of managers are thinking right now about what their goals are or will be for the calendar year. And a lot of managers struggle with the dreaded SMART goal standard, which hopefully we successfully put paid to in the previous cast. MT Goals are much more clear and frankly just plain easier than SMART goals. Managers spend too much time making bad goals into ones that pass a misguided test, while other managers are told that goals that are impressive and well-targeted aren't of the right format. Frankly, it's silly and terribly counterproductive. But after our last recast, some managers have asked for examples. If you need help turning your goals into empty goals, then this is the cast for you. Here we go. So today's cast is a little bit different. Yeah, it is. This is this is a first. We, we have to do it, but it is different. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's different because I think our, our intent here today, if, if you notice the sound quality difference, it's, yeah, it's for reasons. better. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not paying attention to all your hard work. Yeah. So, right? we're, so today we're sitting in a hotel in London Yes. right after the Amsterdam conference. Right. And just before, matter of fact, in an hour or so, a couple so, hours, yep. we're going to be meeting with a meetup here in, in London with yep. Manager Tools listeners. Yep. And so we, normally we don't do this. We purposely set out today to test our, our backup, if you will. Yeah. Um, we have a number of casts in the queue, but we wanted to try our, our backup plan, which yeah. is if, if, we're, if we need to do an emergency and we're traveling, um, right. how do we do it? How do we edit it? And it's going to work. So You couldn't take your stuff on the road. My recording device is probably too big and... We're a little bit worried about how it travels. I've lost one on the road before. <laughs> so we've got a portable device here that we think will work. You did some research. Um, and we thought, okay, we could probably do that on one of my trips. You know, I could use it on one of my trips and record my end. Um, but then we thought, no, wait. What, what if we had to do one in 24 hours and you had to edit it? And, what you know, if it's not double-ended, then what is it like for right. editing for you when it's one track? I can't drink water right now, even though I desperately need to, as those people in Amsterdam surely know. Um, so we just decided we'd test our, our what would you call it, our, our, our disaster recovery plan. There you go. Right? And we figured, what better place to do it in London? And we thought we, it would give us a chance to give a shout-out to the Amsterdam folks and also to the 30 people joining us in London who you thought would be 10. Right. Yeah. So you'll know if it so. works. If you get this on time, yeah. you'll know it works. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> we're recording it. It, it. It's 5 o'clock London time, Saturday afternoon. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we are absolutely nervous about doing this. We would prefer <laughs> to just give you one of the, but we got to do this at some point, so. Let's try it. And so, yeah. and so feel free to give us some comments in terms of how well you think it works. So, yeah. All right. So you said before that this, this cast is a triple threat. Yeah. In addition to the whole disaster recovery thing, there's another triple threat on top of it. First, it is pretty rare that we record on such short notice because of what's happened in terms of demand and requests and so on, comments. Uh, second, it is in response to specific, specific requests, um, which we generally 
listen to and put in the queue, but we don't respond to this quickly. But I think it's a function of the timing of the end of year annual goals and so on. Probably we could have done a little bit sooner. Um, and yet we've told people many, many times about the, the issues with, with CAS and when they can come out and so on and how we have to be careful about clients and so on. Um, and then we're adding something to a set of CAS, which we normally don't do, although you and I have been talking lately that we see CAS in a couple of years. They're going to have to go back and revisit some topics just because we tried to cover everything in 40 minutes. Right? right, and there's no way to cover five hours and forty minutes unless you leave stuff out. So we may be expanding on some of those. But 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 yeah, it is a yeah. I think it's there. There, it's very unusual to say nothing, the disaster recovery or doing it in London or me having to say time out every time I want to take a drink of water for fear that my voice will go out right. after weeks on the road talking. So good. Okay, so a triple threat indeed. <laughs> it, it's so you know it's so hard not to be as responsive as we'd like to be with all the variables and scheduling. Um, so this is good, and I think that these examples are going to be very helpful for for a lot of managers. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the the concept is great. I think our listeners were right. We we balked at putting this in the original cast because we just felt it was long. Right? It was. <laughs> yeah, it was three. It really was. It was three casts, and we know that's long. Um, and and we were trying something a little different by going deeper into some of our background with the story of John on the gate guards, right? Which many people liked, and we had a choice to make about examples versus John on the gate guards, and and both of them were good choices for different reasons. Yeah. And what we heard was good story, and we need this too. So that's why we came back to yeah. it. Yeah, and and I'm I'm glad we did the John the gate guard story because we got a lot of positive feedback. Yeah. That it was very useful for folks, and it was a good change of pace from yeah. what we normally do. So yeah. thank, for those of you who, who wrote in and, 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 and gave us that, that, that feedback, well, not feedback. Feedback. <laughs> Comments. <laughs> yeah. Comments. We, we appreciate that greatly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so this one's different, though, right? I mean, this one's also different in another way because we don't um, – uh, th- there's no structure to this one, right? I mean, it's just a – we're just going to list. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. no, we don't have any hierarchy or so on. And in fact, I have to, I have to go back and say one thing. You know, um, we talked about it. That, uh, we were going to dedicate this cast to the people who came to Amsterdam, right? Yeah. And also the people we're meeting in London. Um, what it, a great group of folks! We, oh my God! I, I never dreamed it would be true. Of course, some some folks know that we were in Munich for the week before the Amsterdam conference, delivering to a client in Munich, um, and and. Uh, there were four days of presentation, you and I in front of a group, 25 each time presenting. Um, by the time we got to Amsterdam, um, we were used to, to some degree, presenting to an international audience uh, with special language barriers that we had to be sensitive to. Uh, we were also fully worked in the previous week. Yes. Um, and then uh, I'm, I'm very well known for being very energetic in front of a crowd of 50 to 100 people. And, uh, um, yeah, fairly. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> by the end of two days uh, in Amsterdam, I was completely wiped out. Um, we've been in London enjoying ourselves and uh, trying to relax rather than just going home and doing what you and I would know we would do, which is immediately go right back to work. Um, and and uh, it, it just uh, um, it means a lot to us to be able to say thank you to the folks in Amsterdam and to be able to have time to do this, even though we're a little bit nervous about it. Um, it was. We never would have dreamed it, but it was the best conference we've ever had. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was just, uh, at first I thought, okay, a couple of my jokes didn't go over well because they don't translate well. And yet there was more attention. Maybe a little bit of it is from the language barrier, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't matter. The, the group was as focused, more focused than either of the two groups previously, last year. Um, and we not, only, we not only committed to coming back to Europe in 2009, and probably in, in, in Great Britain somewhere, um, but, uh, but we're going to try to get back in 08. Yeah. Right? That's the plan? Yeah. Well, not a plan, but that's our intent, if we can make it happen. That's how impressed we were with the Amsterdam people. And this is also dedicated to the folks coming to the London meetup here shortly um, because we thought we might have 10 for dinner at Pizza Express on Haymarket in downtown London, and yet we've got 30. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and Diederik gave us our first order you know, commitment for the next conference yeah. for, for our for for manager for our two hundred one conference. Is that right? Did he did he say he would come? Yeah, he put it on. He put it on the yeah, on evaluation the, form. On the evaluation form. Yeah. So we already have our first person. Pretty cool. That's really really neat. And and, and two people we need to recognize. There are a number of people we recognized in in uh, in Amsterdam for their special efforts building our community. Um, but two people here in in uh, England are uh, Rolly Mags, who invited us to dinner at the Royal Standard last night. We had a lovely time at his pub um, out in Beaconsfield. And then uh, also Wendy Lord, who came to the conference along with Roly. And Wendy has been helping us with the, uh, with the meetup. So for all of you coming to the meetup, or who have been to the meetup by the time you listen to this, um, and for all those of you who came to the Amsterdam conference, thank you. Uh, the, this cast and the high wire we are doing it on is for you. Yeah, this cast yeah. is for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, we, we don't have a high-level outline for this, right? It's just I'm going to walk through 10 examples of documents I get all the time where people say, hey, Mark, take a look. Here's my, here's my goals for the year. Right. What do you think? And these are real goals. These are yeah, examples these are real exam- that, that sit in, in a fairly large organization as their annual goals that you were asked to look at. And- right. And, and, and more importantly, smart goals, right? Right. These are organizations that use smart goals, right? Or at least did at some point. Yeah. No some more. of them were a couple of years old, but they were still smart goals at the time. Yeah. Not that anyone is held accountable for them at the end of the year. That would be that would be new wave thinking, right? The <laughs> idea of revisiting your goals at the end of the year. Yeah, um, we can't get that go that yeah, far. Yeah, right? let's not do that yet. We're okay. just it's only February, right? Yeah. Okay. So we have so we have we have ten of them, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's start with the first one. Uh, actually, why don't we start with number two? Okay. Um, uh, just because it relates to number one, and we'll come back to number one. Um, so here's the raw data. Here's the goal. I- I'm not kidding you. I'm just going to say it. Um, it's four words. Address container handling efficiency. Address container handling efficiency. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right? And now, mind you, it's not just that they submitted that. As a smart goal, it was accepted as a smart goal. It's mind-boggling. Okay? So, let's be clear. That was one of the sub-goals underneath a broader, quote, goal, unquote, which was, quote, on-time shipments, unquote. We're going to call that one on-time shipments number one. Okay. So, so number one was on-time shipments. Yeah. Gee, that sounds like a lovely concept. Yeah, it's one of those things that companies go into business to try to achieve, right? More on-time shipments. It's like saying we want customers to like us or we're friendly. Um, it's just sweet. It's, it's almost like we, we forgot about smart and we couldn't remember. We knew it was something that started with an S and ended with a T. So we'll just make it a sweet goal rather than... <laughs> rather than uh, look, if, we, if what we're wanting to do... Uh, if we're, what we're wanting to focus on is on-time shipments, then saying that the goal is on-time shipments is not a goal. It's not a goal, folks. 
It's not a SMART goal. It's not an MT goal. It's not any other kind of goal. On-time shipments is an aspiration, perhaps, or it's a measure. It's a me- it's a measure, right? On-time shipments. You measure on-time shipments. Right. But right. say, yeah. yeah, there's some stuff missing. So an empty goal would be or could be achieve on-time shipment rate of X percent by end of third quarter, for example. Exactly. The M measurable part is the rate, right? The sh- on-time shipment rate of X. Uh, and the T, the timeline or the deadline, is end of Q3. Um, and a good manager would know what late shipments cost and might very well go on to quantify the savings of the improvement by stating a lowered cost associated with higher late timeliness. Or another way you can do this, you can tie this to your budget request by saying, I only want this much budget, or I'm giving up that much budget that I would have had to have last year to pay for late shipments. I'm going to be able to give up some of that budget which really is the way businesses are measured is the dollars at the end of the quarter, right? right These exactly. goals are great. And you could say, I, I saved hypothetically this much, or you could give up the budget that was allotted to you to, to do it. But nevertheless, the M is the X percent, um, and the T is end of Q3. It's really that simple. There's not that more to it, right? Right. Okay, so what about number two we mentioned? Address container handling efficiency. Yes. Remember now, these, th- these two goals, right, that were related, one and two, come from a smart goal-oriented company. Um, What is the measure in addressing? I mean, you just look at a spreadsheet and technically you're addressing it, right? Um, So, um, if we're going to be more generous than that, if I try something and it doesn't work, I mean, I've looked at the spreadsheet and then I try something and it doesn't work, I've addressed it. I don't want anyone thinking it's okay to just address something. Look, in this case, I'm going to assume, perhaps wrongly, because this was an electronics company a few years ago, I wasn't involved in plant ops at the time to know about containerization issues. I know they had a lot of them. I'm going to assume there was some measure of efficiency there. It wasn't on the paper. And my guess is if it's not on the paper, it ain't going to be remembered at the end of the year, but okay. Right? But even if I didn't, I can assume for now that efficiency is a percentage and say the goal is achieve X percent, container handling efficiency by end of Q2. That could be a huge jump or a small one. We don't even need to get into that. Yeah. We just need a measure. Yeah. X, X, percent, X percent, right? right. And a deadline, yep. end of Q2. Yeah. I mean, it, it is literally that simple. It's uh, that simple. It is, okay, take what it is you're, you're saying you're addressing. Okay, how are you going to measure whatever you're looking at, right? You measure, maybe you measure it in units or dollars or percentage improvement or against a, a Six Sigma standard or some other quality standard or an AQP standard, whatever, you pick a, sta- a measure, then you establish a standard, and, and then somewhere relative to that standard, you say, I'm going to get there by when, right? By what date? And that's it. MT. Measure it and make sure there's a, there's a goal associated with it, and then say by this date. It's very simple. It scares the hell out of people, but it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. The number, <laughs> number's pretty clear whether you hit it or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Which is the whole point. Yeah. And I go back, I think, I'm sure we said it in the goals thing about Leo Burnett, Right. We're not suggesting that people set a bunch of BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals that they can't reach. But we're also reminded of Leo Burnett, who, who said, the American advertiser, who said, um, whose motto of the company was, reach for the stars. You may not get one, but you won't end up with a handful of mud either. And so we're not, we, don't, we don't take kindly to managers who want to skirt the issue of measurability by saying address container handling efficiency because they don't want to be on the hook for the fact that container handle efficiency might slip on their watch. If they work for us, 
they're going to measure it. And if it goes down, you're accountable for it. Yes. And if it goes up, you get rewarded for it. Yes. And that increase that deadline and that measure directly increases the chances of you paying attention to it and putting energy behind it when the stuff hits the fan. Right? I love that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so how about the third example? Ensure a profit-oriented mentality. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I can't believe that was passed off as a, as a smart goal. Yeah, ensure a profit-oriented mentality. It's, it's off the list. Now, look, there were sub-goals or tasks, like have a training in Q2 or something about finances. But in this case, if that was where you started out with saying, okay, that's my SMART goal or that's my MT goal or whatever, I would recommend one of two things. Either eliminate the overarching profit mentality goal idea and just list the tasks for training as goals. In other words, you believe without saying profit mentality, if you do these one, two, three, four trainings, people will move in the direction of profit mentality, but you don't know how to measure profit mentality, which I'm not so sure I would want to do that without some measures, right? Or figure out how to measure it. Right. Um, you can do that either by setting a profit goal. Oh, that might increase your profit-oriented mentality. <laughs> right? right. Um, uh, and this happened to be an overseas group that did report profits in and of itself. It wasn't a cog in a larger system where the it was removed from its profits. So you mean, so uh, an example of a profit-oriented mentality would be the management team would be compensated for their ability or lack of ability to meet a specific profit goal. Well, yeah, or, or, or put differently, a profit-oriented mentality is you get profits. Right. If you want a profit-oriented mentality, you just need to follow the greatest measurement principle of the world, which is the things that get measured are the things that get done. If you want a profit-oriented mentality, you reward profits, and you disincent the lack of profits. I, I mean... Right. Because a profit-oriented mentality, what's the, what's, the, what's the proof of that? The proof yeah, of that would be behavior. Profit. Well, yeah. profit and behavior, behavior around profits. Right. Right. Discussions, if people are talking about yeah. all the time... How do we improve our profit? More revenues, less cost. Generally, in my experience, I'm not saying I know everything about finance. We joke about that. Generally, improving revenues and reducing costs tends to have a positive effect in the long run on profits. I'm just saying. You know a little. I'm just saying. That's all. I'm not, I'm not trying to be um, Alan Greenspan, um, but uh, yeah, in general. Um, okay. You can either set a profit goal. Or you could create a measure that serves as a proxy. So look, um, maybe it's corny, but you could say team achieves 100% pass rate on corporate finance basics testing. Now look, maybe that's not a great proxy, but it is measurable, and it does increase the chances of getting a profit-oriented mentality far more than setting a goal that just says mentality. Right. Right? Particularly if you're in a part of the organization where perhaps the your ability to influence influence profitability is, is harder, is, is harder, weaker, right? more attenuated by other other right. organizations. But you're yeah. an IT if you're an IT organization where you don't influence it directly, you still might want to have a profit mentality, and that'd be a way of, of starting to get there. Right. Another yes. way you could do we, we, this isn't in the show notes, but another way you could do since you mentioned the IT thing, another thing you could do is you could add, one, one of the things you could do is every project will be uh, briefed to the IT organization based on cost, project, projected revenues, and therefore profitability. And we'll rank order projects 
by profitability, profitability in addition to workload for us. Yeah. Yeah, that would be one way to get the IT organization saying, why do we put A in front of B? Uh, Ten times more profit? Yeah, but I don't care about that. It's way more work for me. Uh, yeah, but everybody else in the company really cares about the ten times more profit on this other project over here that you really don't like because it doesn't lose your, use your cool software. But frankly, we don't care about that. What we care about is profit. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's measurable. That's something you can measure. Yeah. It's behavior. It's observable, yeah. and it's measurable. Exactly. And when you go back to John and the Gate Guards, you don't need to be brilliant to come up with really fancy from the consulting book measurements. You need to think about things that will serve as good starting points. And maybe it takes you three years to get an ideal one, but you'll get there. Good. Okay. So what about number four? Reduce lead times. I'm sure the manager thought simplicity was good. And frankly, I think I probably would have considered that a reasonable goal at the beginning of my career. Yep. Technically, if the lead times get shorter, there is a reduction. Sure, there's no deadline, but I suspect that the manager thought that if he made headway in January, he'd just keep working at it. Uh, okay, I agree. That's, that's very compelling justification. <laughs> Not that all justifications are logical. Um, but, it's still, but even though it's justifiable, or it's justification, it's a terrible goal. It's only measurable in the vaguest of ways. In other words, technically, if you reduce it, great. Um, but there's clearly no deadline. And so I go back. What about, again, an X percent reduction in lead times by Y date? That certainly works. The, the empty goal is simple. And I know that you're not a big fan of percentages here. Yeah, uh, sort of. I, I, generally, I generally don't like a reduction of 5% or 10%, particularly when we're measuring something that is a percent, because it confuses people. Um, uh, if you're 87% on-time shipment and people say you're going to go up by 5%, Somebody might think that you're going to go to 92, when really what you mean is 5% of 87, right? Which is not 92. Right. So I, I worry about that a little bit. Now, 5% of whatever budget you've got is saved, so, so there's a difference there. Uh, um, I, I'm not adamantly opposed to percentages. I just think if you've got a percentage, you know what you're getting to, right? If you have an original number and you have a percentage, you can do the math to come up with the target, okay? Uh, I, I, I think it's a slightly more powerful message when you set a target number rather than a percentage. Um, and I think if you choose a percentage without knowing what that would mean for a target, uh, I think people just don't respond as much to a percentage reduction or increase. Imagine you set a 5% increase and you told somebody, we're 50% of the way there. It, it just yeah. seems confusing to me. Yeah. Whereas if the goal is to save $1.4 million and you save 700000 you really are 50% of the way there. And now you're using percentages to talk about numbers, which is easier than a percentage to talk about another percentage. Yeah, the whole point um, of numbers and measurement is to make the things real. And the more yeah. levels of abstraction, mathematical levels of ab- abstraction, just makes it harder. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's not a hard and fast rule that I have against percentages. Percentages can be fine, but targets of numbers help better, we have found, than just percentages. Okay, how about number five? Quote, reduce floor space used by inbound materials to allow for warehouse transition to R&D lab, unquote. Well, I think here the manager probably tried to get credit for helping out an upcoming change. Right. And just showing that he was doing his part, really. I agree. That is what he told me he was doing. Okay. But again, just not measurable. So again, it might sound like what? Quote, by 15 April, provide 650 square feet of floor space to R&D project, 
through reduced need for inbound materials storage. Hey, hey, hey! You used the word "reduced" in there. Yeah, okay. Like you didn't like that. But oh, come on! That's not the measurable part. You can measure the 650 square feet. You can measure the 15 April. The reason I'm doing this is because of the new R&D lab. Maybe all I do is rearrange how we stack stuff, but we give them the space. It might be better to reduce both space and cost by using just-in-time shipments,、um, but I don't have to do that to help the lab. And look, we're not saying that we have perfect goals. The state of goal making today is such that we're that these we're reading about are considered good. We're improving them tenfold,、um, and we'd be thrilled if someone made them even better. And in this case, I actually probably add a separate goal. Um, caused by learning that we'd have to reduce floor space, about reduce holding of paid、um, for paid for inbound materials. Right. Good. Right. That would be a cost savings. That、yeah. we're not going to just tell the suppliers we're going to pay for it and you hold it. We're going to say we're not going to pay for it until it gets here. And and if we reduce the amount of space, we reduce our cash tied up in warehouse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Good. Okay. How about number six? Improve performance review system. Here we go again with an improve in there.、Huh? Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure the manager was just like, "Yes, I'm finally got a chance. I've got the political capital. I'm going to improve it."、Um, and and I I hope we don't get any mail though about me beating a dead horse here. But it is so rampant using the word improve and the word reduce. We want to make clear how wrongheaded they are. Improve and reduce are when it comes to goals unless they include a measure. Improve by so. Yeah. So how how can we improve this non-smart goal?、Here? Yeah, it's only non-smart. We don't want to say it's stupid. It's just non-smart, right? Yeah, we don't say okay, stupid anymore.、Yeah. We got no okay, feedback. Yeah, okay. Or no.、Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't get feedback, and it wasn't actually you. I think it was me, but that's okay.、Um, achieve X percent on-time reviews. Achieve performance review training time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Achieve achieve performance review training time to X hours. Achieve review returns to managers to X percent. Now, any one of those might be argued it could be an improvement, but what if, for instance, training time was reduced but quality suffered? That's when, why we list. That, yeah, okay, but 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 that's why we list all of them to make the point that you can have three to four goals that create the overall results. Yeah, if you had a bunch of really bad training that was short and 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 it affected quality, okay, you, you get another shot at the apple, next, another bite at the apple next year. But if you put two or three together, one that worries about quality when you're starting to cut into training time, then that's the way you address that. All right. So you've seen several times where. Individuals create one goal that says improve, because、yeah. there's really a whole bunch of things that wrap into that, and so they might replace that one poor smart goal、right. with a number of more、smart、specific measurable goals. MD goals, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could even say achieve training time of X and leave your quality standard the same. Unfortunately, the problem is too many places they don't have a quality standard. So if you're going to MD goals, you may have to put two or three in place, and then discover in your first year, oops. Now I discover how bad my quality is, and maybe the next year you're not going to worry about training. You're just going to worry about quality getting where it needs to be when it comes to annual reviews, anyway. Right. Okay. So number seven, engage in weekly one-on-ones. Well, we kind of sort of like that one, don't we? Yeah, well, it's nice.、Uh, you can tell we were there, and we do think a lot of managers will be well served by having an MT goal of O3 one-on-one achievement. Yeah, but this isn't an MT goal, though, right? Or smart goal, or anything really. Yeah, engage in is、um, let's just say weak. <laughs> Now, achieve ninety percent one-on-one completion in each quarter. That's that's much better. It's perfect. 
Look, it's measurable, and it says it's got a time frame, right, each quarter. I just think goals uh, like that keep managers on track, um, and it has nothing to do with one-on-ones. It has to do with being clear about deadlines. If you commit to stuff in your annual goals, it makes it much harder to stray. You're going to have plenty of curveballs thrown throughout the year. Um, I will say that this goal came from a great manager in Atlanta, and we worked together to change it. I also remember that Alan Sika, a great guy we know, had a goal a year or two ago, which was, quote, average three one-on-ones per month with each direct. That's measurable, and there's a recurring deadline. So nice work, Alan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Alan's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number eight. Realign lab duties. These really were all considered smart goals Look, by someone I'm not, somewhere. I'm not no making way. this stuff up. Look, if you're if you're going to realign duties, ask yourself why you're doing it. Uh, what's that great quote we know about the that says, uh, "I was discovered later in life that we met every new challenge by attempting to reorganize." Reorganization is done frequently, and all it does is produce morale, uh, low morale, confusion, and uh, uh, lack of clarity of hierarchy. Um, um, and uh, as soon as we got teams working together, we'd reorganize them. It was written, that, that statement was written by Petronius Arbiter, who died in 66 AD. Mm-hmm. So if you think that we do a lot of uh, reorganizations now, they, were, they thought the same thing 2,000 years ago. Amazing. <laughs> because man hasn't changed that much in 2,000 years when it comes to his or her organizations. Ask yourself why you're doing a realignment. If there's no measurable improvement, measurable improvement in efficiency or effectiveness or productivity or cost savings, then don't do it. Or certainly don't put it on your annual goals list. Even if it's a task, if you can't measure it and put a deadline next to it, don't put it on there. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is that probably the manager is looking for productivity improvement somewhere in there. Right. So let's set a goal on that. Right, right? sure. To a seasoned director, this just seems like avoiding the bigger, more valuable goal because quantification and measurement are visible, and there may be consequences. Visibility determines consequences. Yeah. Yes, it does. Bingo. Uh, that's what I would think. Uh, were I the director, I'd say, hey, manager, let's make it achieve 90%, 89% productivity by end of Q3, and I'd tell him to realign things by end of Q1 so we'd see what kind of impact that has, but I wouldn't let him have his goal, realign things by the end of the year. And you're a tough boss. Right? Uh, oh, they love me. And I'm <laughs> tough. Yep. Okay, number nine. Hold three sales meetings. Eh, technically measurable, and one could argue that there's an implied deadline in there somewhere. Yeah, and that's kind of why it's next to last. We can't argue that it technically doesn't achieve the MT standard. Um, but we'd like to suggest that if you knew something, if you know something is MT, why not push this a little? For instance, why not achieve average rating of 4.25 out of 5 on sales meeting rankings at all three meetings as based on attached standard meeting survey? Or achieve cost savings of X dollars while maintaining 4.25 rating at all three sales meetings? There's a part of me that says, wow, that's your goal, just holding three sales meetings? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, we mentioned Alan Sika. He's a guy who would hold a sales meeting. He's not, that's not his goal. No. Right? I don't think so. Right? Um, would you really feel good about having them if folks really didn't like them, someone was disappointed, and someone left the firm after one of them? I mean, you met your goal, but then you lost people because they stunk. So. Yeah. Yeah, the more I think about it, I really don't like this goal. Yeah, <laughs> we should have okay. made this number one or two. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Look, but, 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 but to, for some managers, to get to that... Hold three sales meetings where everybody comes and they're all there. There's something to be said for it. So. Okay. And there's an implied end of year goal with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So that brings us to number 10, which is a bit of a change. Yeah. Um, when I was writing this show, um, over the last couple of weeks, actually, I, I just felt it was a little too negative. Even though we're trying to give people examples of what we see all the time, and we know that managers are doing their best, and the system drives some of their behavior to be probably spend too little time on it, uh, I just felt it was negative. Um, and w- even though, again, we've seen all these errors hundreds of times, I think we ought to share an example of brilliant goals, um, all from one manager whom you and I both know. He's one of the best plant managers I've ever seen. And his annual goals document, one of the few that I've ever kept, other than just writing down silly things I read and then putting them in my notebook, um, is really a tour de force of goal writing and goal setting. He, he wouldn't think it as goal writing. He'd think it was goal setting. Um, we, we can't reveal his name, and we're going to change a few details, but here are some of his goals. Move all off-site warehousing to one location by blank date, saving X hundred thousand dollars annually from the budget. Period. Reduce scrap costs by X hundred thousand dollars by blank date. Achieve achieve annual plant-wide productivity of X percent by blank date. Reduce repair and maintenance cost by X hundred thousand dollars in this calendar year. Period. I gotta say, if I'm this guy's general manager and he shows me this and then does it, I want to give him more to do, and I want to give him the rewards that go with more to do. Yeah. Well, this gentleman is as good as they come. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that wraps us up. Nine plus one guidelines about MT goals. Now, ho- hopefully these examples will make it easier for our listeners to relook what they've been working on and maybe be just a little bit more precise and impressive with their annual goals. And if they've got goals and they've already set them in January and they realize they go back and make them tighter, don't Wait, go yeah. back now, right? Do it. If you were their boss and they came back to you and said, hey, I want to redo on that. We're, we're on, all the goals are going to be the same, but I want to tighten them up a little bit. Would you say no if you were the director or the Absolutely VP? Absolutely not. No, you'd be, okay, great. Let's right. tighten them up, right? So you still have a chance. Yeah. Consider let's, doing it. And let's be honest here. Most of the organizations that are listening right now still haven't done their annual yeah, goals. Okay, okay. It's not. It's not March yet. Okay. Don't start the cynicism now. <laughs> all right. All right, buddy. Thanks. Talk to it. Well, I don't, wait a minute. You know, that's so funny because we, we, I always end up, I say, talk to you later. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go have pizza and beer in a little while. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks, partner. See you later. Oh. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Again, a big thanks to all the participants of the Amsterdam Effective Managers Conference. Mark and I just had a great time and and thank you for sharing your time with us. We know how valuable it is. And also a big thanks to those who joined the Manager Tools Meetup here in London. Um, Again, we appreciate your time as well and it's just a distinct honor of ours to get to be able to meet so many great folks. So with that, we'll see you all again next week. (laughs) So long.